world, welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And tell the show, we're talking about, is it still worth investing in 2024? And of course, we've just finished our wealth plan tour. We came and saw all you guys and we asked, what do you want to hear about on the podcast? And somebody said, well, with high interest rates and the income we get from a rental property, is it worth buying an investment property? Because most of the time we've got to spend money from our own pocket to make sure the mortgage is paid. And somebody else said, you know, if properties grow four to six percent a year and interest rates are seven percent a year, is it still the right time to buy? And I think these are great questions to ask. And so we've got to go through the numbers and actually figure out, well, does it actually make sense? in 2024. Now, Andrew, what does the cash flow look like on an investment property bought today? Am I going to have to put money from my own pocket into that investment property? So generally speaking, absolutely. Assuming that you're borrowing 100%, most of the time, if you buy a property today on today's interest rates, the rent's not going to cover all the costs. So on a standard property, an investor would probably top up that rent by somewhere between $300 to $600 a week to keep the property going and make sure all your costs are covered. And that's if you're being um, you honest know, with your costs. Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> going to be decent with your costs and look at, okay, I've got to factor in an accountant. I had to factor in a property manager. I've got to put aside money for vacancy and maintenance. If you're actually honest with your cash flow, you're going to be topping up a rental property that you buy today on today's interest rates. If you've got a massive cash deposit or you're buying it with cash, Okay, maybe that's not the case, but for 99% of investors that I see, they're topping up a rental property right now. And it's important to ask yourself, well, what do I actually get for that? So if I'm putting 300 bucks or 500 bucks into an investment property, what is my actual investment? And the answer is you get a more valuable asset than you could otherwise afford, right? So you potentially get a $600,000 asset or an $800,000 asset that's potentially going up in value. But if you're saying, okay, I'm putting in 500 bucks a week or 300 bucks a week into this investment property, what is my potential return going to look like in 2024? So I've run some numbers for you. And Andrew, does it still make sense to invest in 2024? So let's say you buy a property with $800,000, you borrow 100%, and the negative cash flow means that you're topping it up by $25,000 this year. Now, we said yesterday that the median bank forecast for prices over the next year is 4.9% increase. Now, 4.9% on an $800,000 asset is $39,200 worth of increase. Okay, so if I buy in January 2024, the end of 2023, and that was Kiwi Bank's forecast, they're the median forecast, if they're right, by the end of it, my $800,000 property should theoretically be worth just shy of $840,000. Yep, so you've put in $25,000 of your own money because you borrowed 100%, but you've potentially got... 39,200 worth of capital growth. Now, if you think about that, you're getting a 56.8% return on the money that you've actually parted with. Yep. So if I didn't put a cash deposit and I borrow the deposit against my own home, the only money I've put into this investment is about 25 grand. And what I've potentially got out is almost 40 grand. And when you put it in that 56.8% return, you start to think, actually, that sounds pretty good. It's, it's very good. Because if you put that money into shares, for example, you might come out with twenty-six dollars or $27,000. Now, there are a range of different forecasts, right? So let's just test this uh, as if the property market did better or worse than what Kiwi Bank was saying. So 
What happens if ANZ was right, for example, Andrew? So they said 5.8%. You've put in 25,000. You're getting out 46,400 worth of growth. I mean, obviously, you've still got to sell the property, but just basic numbers. That return on investment is 85.6%. Now, Westpac, the more bullish of the banks, 7.7%. So they think that if I buy an $800,000 property... and again, this is just very simple averages, but it might be worth by the end of it eight hundred and sixty-two ish thousand dollars if I bought an eight hundred thousand dollar property and went up by seven point seven percent. So I've made almost sixty-two thousand dollars, and I've put in twenty-five k. What's that return? One hundred and forty-six percent. That's but huge. Well, it's really important to understand. Well, these numbers are almost too good to be true. They are stupidly high. But why is it that you can potentially get really, really high returns in property? Well, that's because you're looking at the return on the cash that you're actually putting in. So you're borrowing money to buy this rental property. So therefore, if we're just looking at simple cash flow in, capital growth out, the numbers will always be high. But that doesn't mean that it's fudged numbers. These are legitimately extraordinarily high returns. It all comes because we are using other people's money primarily to invest in property. So we're borrowing all of the money to buy a six hundred or $800,000 asset, but we get to keep all of the capital growth. And actually, Ed and I have just been away on a, a, a two-day board meeting that we have every quarter, and we were talking with one of our independent uh, advisors. and um, Big share guy. Big share guy. He's in, massively into shares. and so normally, Not into property yeah, at all. Normally, if you're in shares, you don't appreciate anything to do with property. It's basically like being a, a vegan and going out with a, uh, a, a carnivore. And um, he was saying to me, leverage, leverage is the key. That's the secret source of property. The fact that you're using other people's money and you kind of, when you're in property all day, every day, you kind of forget that. It's the power of the fact that you're using someone else's money, the banks, to buy an asset that someone else is going to pay for a lot of the time, i.e. a tenant, but you get to keep all the capital growth. But it's really important to talk about the pros and cons of this because it's quite a different investment to shares. Now, if property works out and house prices go up, well, you've spent your $25,000 topping up the mortgage and your house goes up in value and you potentially get a really massive return on the money you put in. But what happens if property prices don't go up? Let's say property prices stayed exactly the same. You bought your $800,000 investment and in a year's time, it's still worth $800,000. Well, you've just spent $25,000 topping up this investment property, but you haven't actually got any return. Now, most investors in that situation, you hold on and you have another crack uh, the next year, but it's quite different from shares. So if you spend $25,000 on shares, for example, you're using that money to buy more assets. So every dollar you spend, you're acquiring more and more shares. It's quite different with property because what you're doing is you're saying, well, I'm not going to use my own money to buy the asset. I'm going to use somebody else's money. And then you've got to make sure that all of the costs are covered. So the benefit of buying property in this way is you can get stupidly high returns based on the money you put in. The downside is that if property prices don't go up, you've spent money and you haven't got a return in that specific year. Um, The difference with property compared to other investments, though, is that you use debt. But property price growth isn't certain every year. You don't know whether it's going to be 5% this year and 0% next year, then 10% the year after. Um, But no matter what happens to property prices, you've still got to pay your mortgage. And so Uh, at least while interest rates are high, you're having to top that up. Now, you might think, well, that doesn't sound very good. You know, some years it it works out and some years it doesn't. It sounds like a bit of a coin flip. But what you've got to remember is it's not a coin flip. If you look historically, most of the time house prices go up. 
um, by our estimates, about 70% of the time house prices go up in any given year before you even factor in where are we at within the property cycle. Pretty good coin. Well, first of all, you'd say, okay, based on our numbers, and we've released these uh, in your newsletter as well, Andrew, uh, you've got about a 70% chance that your house price goes up. And then you say, well, we're already at the bottom of the market, or it's recently been, we're seeing house prices go up. There's a fairly good chance that you're going to see house prices go up. So even if you forget about all of the forecasts we've talked about so far from Westpac and ASB and all of those things, in any given year, your chances are better than, than even that house prices do go up to some degree. But what about that comment, Andrew, that interest rates are 7% and house prices go up by 4 to 6%? You know, what do you think about that? Well, I, I can understand how someone could think that and then think on the surface, oh, I'm losing money. I'm, I'm paying more than I'm gaining. But you're forgetting about the rental returns as well. So let's say a house price goes up by 5% a year, but you've also got rental return and that might be 4.5% uh, of, the, of the property value. So you've got 5% capital growth, 4.5% rental returns. So the total returns for that asset is 9.5%. So if your interest rate is 7%, you're still making a positive return on your investment, even at that high interest rate. So your return can be above your cost. So look, is it still worth investing in 2024? Absolutely. And I think that, um, again, if you're sitting on the fence at the moment, I genuinely think if you're buying in the main centres, you're not going to buy at a cheaper time than you can today. Uh, now, now that might not be true for, you know, every single property out there. But if you're buying right and you've got um, decent uh, property selection criteria, you should be able to get some some better upside over the next 12 months. I think the other thing to remember is it's not just about, about 2024. It's not just about the next 12 months. The real benefit of property in my mind is that even if you've got an interest-only mortgage, your mortgage stays the same every year or goes down if you're on principal and interest. But over time, your rent goes up pretty consistently by about you know 4 to 5% a year, pretty consistently over time. And what that says to me is imagine if you owned a property and the mortgage is $600,000 today. Well, in 30 years, your mortgage is going to be exactly the same. You know, interest rates might be a bit higher, they might be a bit lower in 30 years, nobody can predict what's going to be. But what's fairly certain is that in 30 years time, your rent is going to be two, maybe three times what it is today. And so sometimes new investors look at older investors like Andrew here and say, how do they do it? Oh my gosh, they've got a really small mortgage and they're getting a lot of rent out of their rental properties. And the main reason is, well, if you've been in the market for 20 years, your rent's gone up almost every year, pretty consistently. Um, but your mortgage has either gone down or stayed the same. And that that difference over time is really what sets those old school uh, or, or steady is, on. It's really what 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 is one of the main benefits for old school investors like Andrew Nicol here. <laughs> now, one thing I want to mention, Andrew, is I've got a wee bit of a story for you. I was actually talking to Ben King, who's actually one of our financial advisors here at Opus Partners uh, uh, yesterday. And he said to me, do you know what, Ed? I've met four podcast listeners, avid podcast fans, uh, over the last couple of weeks, and all of them had been listening for you know years and years and years, and they didn't realise that if they want to buy a new build investment property, they can come and see us. So they've been you know, and so they've potentially gone off to and talked to developers directly. Um, and then they said to them, "If I knew I could buy a new build investment property from you guys, I probably would have come to you from the start." They need to return their podcast fan mugs if that's the case, Ed. So I just want to mention in case it's not clear, because sometimes people say, "What do you guys actually do?" If you want to buy a new build investment property, we've got a team that goes out and find them. 
So you can book a free meeting and we'll help you find the right new build investment property for your portfolio. Just head to our website, opuspartners.co.nz. And of course, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 